Welcome to Cabin Minute Cast. The scenario has been chosen. The ritual has begun. We are ready to appease the old gods one minute at a time. I am Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. Hello, and I'm Molly Balin of LittleRedMark.com. And we are delighted to welcome back two men who will bear witness to the evolution of rubber nipples on the bat suit, <laughs> Niall and Sean. <John. laughs> Yo. <laughs> yes, I am really excited for these nipples, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like we've talked about those nipples so much already. <laughs> it's kind of by the time we got to them. What's, what's there left to say? Oh, well, you, you cannot get enough of those nips. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like a challenge to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, segueing from rubber nipples in today's episode, we're covering minute 71 of the movie, The Cabin in the Woods. And in this minute, Dana and Marty continue their underground elevator tour with a fun ghost and a ballerina. Oh, yeah. Mm. We get into some juicy, juicy monsters here. I was going to mention before we get into this one that I forgot to mention on Monday that we haven't met Sigourney Weaver yet, but spoiler spoiler alert, she will be in this movie fairly soon. And um, she exceptionally <laughs> excited to work with a werewolf in the cabin in the woods. So he was getting a little, he was getting not so much love in her last episode, but they said that her first question after arriving on set was in regard to when the werewolf would be arriving. And she also later <laughs> expressed concern that no one was sitting with the werewolf when production broke for lunch. So what the hell? Why did she look werewolf? Though? <laughs> <laughs> like a fetish? <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> did she think the werewolf was real as well? I was like, no one's going over to play with it. It's like, it's a costume. It's just an, it's an empty head. What are you talking about? No, oh, such care though. I actually I was reading that guy Richard Citrone, who plays the werewolf, is also listed oh. as the merman, as playing the merman on IMDb. So he he did double duty, mm. so to speak. I, the thing is, like I, I was totally on uh, like you know the, the side of like when the when the Buckner showed up. When I first saw the movie, I was like, oh, because <laughs> I was I was hoping for like the merman as well. So I was like, mm, I guess these zombie guys will have to do for a while. But <laughs> you and you and Hadley both. Hadley was yeah. so disappointed. He was really mm -hmm. butt hurt when the that, <laughs> when that conch shell was set down and not chosen. He was really bummed. M Marty and Dana are still kind of like they're in fight or flight mode but stuck in a box <laughs> and they can't go anywhere so they're mm -hmm. both kind of like breathing hard and taking this in and then the the box the the box the cube is moving yet again and they come across this wraith i guess is what you could call it this spirit mm. this screaming kind of ghostly apparition and uh, i thought that was pretty uh, effective what did you guys think i about love that the thing? ghost i got a real vibe yeah. mm -hmm. two things kind of at the same time yeah. like the, the maybe like the original ghostbusters that kind of thing and also like the frighteners that movie I, it felt like that kind of mm -hmm. thing because it's scary mm -hmm. but there's still something kind of fun about it if that makes sense like he <laughs> 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 does look like he'd be a good time that ghost like i kind of want to <laughs> You imagine him popping on a Hawaiian shirt and taking off on a Friday? Hey, he needs his downtime, you know. Can't be spooking everyone over. 
it reminded me a little bit of one of the characters that is a zombie from Return of the Living Dead, but it's the one that they they capture and strap down and it says that it that, you know, there's it's pain. There's it's there's pain in being dead. And something about the way they did this face where it looks mm. it's got like a it's pretty skeletal in the face department. <laughs> and it reminded me of that. Like that it's I felt some sympathy for this this thing too. Mm. Like it was having a bad time two things came to mind for me as well uh one of them in the face and it's uh it yes. reminds me a bit of that um an alien resurrection that hybrid thing oh, you know that yeah. that's, when it's getting sucked out the window it has a kind of similar mm-hmm. features like I, that is just like a skull so i guess it could be <laughs> that thing's got that stupid little nodule thing on its nose that tiny little <laughs> that really it angers me that thing on its nose it infuriates me no end because that monster yeah. could be cool, and they ruin it. Because you're just staring at this little blob on its nose. <laughs> but it's just that that was kind of coincidental. It's like, oh, Josh Wheaton did he did script work on Alien Resurrection, if, I, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah. I wonder if there was any like in the design process of anyone was like, oh, it's a bit like the hybrid from Alien Resurrection. That's a kind of weird little thing. But I also thought it might have been an odd to. Because the first we see of it, it's, it's almost like smoke. And I kind of <laughs> thought, like, is this like a reference to The Fog? Like the John Carpenter oh. The Fog? Mm. Which is uh, a movie I've had re-evaluated very recently because I saw it like a couple of years back mm. for the first time. And I was just like, I don't I don't get this. This is stupid. It's good. Pirate ghosts. But no, it's just really like a pirate ghost, ghost, ghost pirates. What is this? Like, and then <laughs> watch it again. <laughs> Very recently, it was like this is fucking awesome. Like, what was what was my problem the first time? Hell yeah, it's I was really, yeah, yeah. I was really affected by the the soundtrack to that. It's amazing because it's like it's you know John Carpenter does all his own stuff. I've actually seen him live in concert doing his own stuff. And uh, awesome guys, yeah. And he did the uh, did the fog theme, which was it's got a great, very subtle piano part, which is really, really, really creepy. Considering it's a big, silly movie about pirate ghosts. But it's like some of the most creepiest music I've ever heard is in like the opening scene of The Fog, which is like, oh, fuck. Yeah. There's a, and like, so afterwards, now I'm like, I have completely apologized to John Carpenter, even though I like all of his other stuff, but I poo pooed The Fog for years. And now, uh, when you say you've apologized, have you, have you written it in, in, you know, is it in writing? Have you sent him a letter? Oh, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, he has not responded. Uh, <laughs> He's still upset about it, Niall. He can't get over the fact that one of the hosts of Batman in 89 doesn't like his movie. I am hoping for that. Uh, Did you guys ever see... Like, I'm fairly certain it was a piss-take meme, but I secretly hope that it was actually real, where someone said, like, oh, you see, they've got an action figure from The Fog now. And they'd done, like, the little (laughs) plastic case and stuff, but it was just a piece of, like gray cotton wool <laughs> that's not real like when you see that rocky one where it's the meat that rocky no the meat in. one the meat one is real i've that's seen that not real life. i've seen it in forbidden planet i swear to god it's there are you sure you weren't on something <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> oh speaking of smoke and speaking of being on something i have to say kudos to marty here because he is like considering how much weed this guy smoked it's astounding that he's keeping it as well together as he is because oh, yeah. I, I, I've had like, I had my great weed freak out of 08 back in, like I went to Amsterdam one time and I'd be like, we're just smoking weed all day and had space cake 
and uh, we hot boxed the tent and everything. And like, I got the stage of like, I got freaky over- overkill weed paranoia where I actually ended up walking around the campsite <laughs> for about three hours, scared to go mm-hmm. back in the tent and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so like, considering that Marty is a kind of guy, he's like, he's a, he's a wake and baker. He's just like, a, he seems to be all day, every day, just constantly smoking joints. I would have mm-hmm. thought like, it's, just, it's astounding to me that he's actually like as well put together. Although maybe he's just immune to it now or whatever. But Yep, he's immune. Uh, and if there's one thing that will snap you out of it, I'm pretty sure this situation is it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose so. But, <laughs> but yeah, kudos to him for at least... Because I know that in this, I, I would just go to pieces. Like I wouldn't be... I, I, I wouldn't be standing stoically sort of looking a bit freaked out. I'd be in the corner just like... Ah! <laughs> just freaking out the whole time, so... And that's without yeah, I am um, once this reminds me, this jogs the memory of taking LSD in my 20s. And this guy that I thought was really cute was sitting next to me at this party. And this party was really just a, like, oh, let's get six people together and drop acid kind of a party. And um, <laughs> it was, he I remember it was a really heavy, heavy, heavy trip. And so I was hallucinating hugely. And I recall turning to my left and looking at him and seeing him totally shapeshift in to a werewolf right in front of my face (laughs) it was really realistic and i remember just it was one of those trips where you're constantly reminding yourself everything's fine you're actually just on a hallucinogen it's gonna be fine (laughs) but it yeah it was crazy and I, i remember walking outside and seeing something not like this this wraith but something really floaty and flourishy and but it turned into a dragon and uh almost more like lord of the rings when they they have those um fireworks in the beginning and that turns into a dragon it was kind of like that oh i love that bit (laughs) yeah it was really cool (laughs) i was imagining you in this situation now heidi have been like "Eh, (laughs) exactly Exactly. And then, um, yeah, I also saw mac, mac and a pot full of mac and cheese that if it was on the front burner of the stove looked like just regular mac and cheese. But then when you pushed it back into the shadows of the back burner, it magically had peas and carrots in it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sweet. Was it like the cute carrots? Totally like the frozen kind that you get and... Like somebody would think like, oh, I'm adding a lot of cheese by throwing cubed carrots and frozen peas into it. <laughs> <laughs> but what's I say about the, yeah. just going back to the, the, the ghosts, like I, what I really, really love about yes. it is the sound. I think that that sound effects that we use is amazing. That's kind of with the, the, that reverse, reversing the sound kind of thing. It's almost certainly mm-hmm. Twin Peaks-ish kind of thing. Of like they put mm-hmm. so many filters mm-hmm. on. The actual vocals and yeah it sounds like you know it's obviously in quite a lot of distress this ghost you do wonder about its backstory and like how how was it caught and mm-hmm. was it a, was it is this a, just an ordinary ghost that's been caught by them or was this like a malicious poltergeist that now they've it's distressed because it's trapped in a box you know what mm. what is the the backstory to this, this like an old thing kind of almost victorian mm-hmm. look at a ghost where they think it's a like a tortured spirit can't escape this world kind mm. of thing mm-hmm. uh, it, it, as you say it looks in pain yeah 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 
But then, yeah, I kind of wondered how they caught it, you know, because it can obviously materialize. I was just like curious, is this like a Ghostbusters kind of thing where somebody threw out a trap and like sucked them in or like how did exact how how do they keep them in the mm. box? Because can pop in and pop out. Is there like some crazy like, you know, writing in the back of the cube that keeps it, you know, bound in there? Or what's Maybe the this deal, movie you know? takes place within the containment unit of Ghostbusters. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> we're on to it we've unpacked it mm. I think that's, that's the thing like, I, I would actually totally be on board for is I know they wouldn't make it as like a, a TV show or a series of films because I don't know if the film would warrant that kind of franchise uh, aspect but like if they had like a comic book line or something which was about you know, maybe maybe not Hadley and Citizen themselves capturing these things or them being around while it happened just showing you how they captured some of these things because inevitably you know at the end that they are going to capture them because you see them in the friggin' boxes. But it would be just interesting to find out like who are the you know the the underlings who've had to go and you know grab these things and like where like what's about to come up? You have the sugar plum fairies. Like where the hell did that come <laughs> from? Like what what's and how did they capture mm-hmm. it? And what was it doing to attract their attention in the first place to like go? Oh shit! We better we want that thing for the cabin. Yeah, so it's kind of like um, <laughs> like that show Ghosted. They the, on Ghosted the guys do a lot of capturing of monsters or or sometimes they get away. But like I definitely could see something like that where it's like every episode or you know kind of like an at behind the scenes of what's going on in the X-Files or other places where it's like, what's really happening? Yeah. Who are these behind the scenes people that are, cause I was thinking maybe like there's some sort of spell cast on it and somebody had to know about a certain mm. spell that, that would mm. cast, mm-hmm. they'd cast it on this ghost that would like keep it in the box. Yeah. Oh, that would, that actually would make a lot, a lot of sense really as well, because you'd imagine with everything that is in these containment units, they all have different abilities and whatnot. So you think you'd have to one for all sort of system where it's like, we know exactly what type of plastic box will contain everything. You imagine they would have to have like, mm-hmm. no, the, this thing can only be contained by this kind of element. But if they did have like, oh no, it's magic. That would make a lot more sense. So like, yeah, if you just put this thing <laughs> around the, the door and it can't, you know, the, the force keeps it in. It's like the, I was watching quite recently, really, really underrated movie the the Tales from the Crypt movie, which is called uh, Tales from the Crypt mm. Demon Knight, which has Billy Zane in it, playing ostensibly playing the devil, and he is fucking fantastic in it. Like it's so much fun. The whole movie is mm-hmm. crazy level fun. But that does have a thing of William Sadler, the guy who played Death and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He's like the hero of the movie, which is crazy because it's like oh, he's like a B movie actor, but uh, they've actually given him the main, the big heroic part. And yeah, he goes around with like it's a um, I think it's the blood of Christ, basically, from the crucifixion. And he's able to keep mm-hmm. demons out by like rubbing mm-hmm. the or like spreading the, the blood in front of doorways <laughs> awesome. so they can't get past and stuff. And uh so you just have loads of Billy Zane outside doorways <laughs> gurning and been like, you know, trying to charm his way in. And this is a terrific bit where like he's running up some stairs and he's like, Oh, now's my time for fun. And then William Sadler shoots him in the eye <laughs> with an arrow. And he just instantly goes like, Oh, maybe not, and just falls off the stairs. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Like crazy, like really, really fun movie. I highly advise people to, to seek it out if they can. I second that. Yeah, that's a. I think that's what made Jada Pinkett oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah she's yeah she's she's like the final yeah, so girl. Like, yeah, you've ruined it. for like what what happens mm-hmm. in it and stuff. But yeah. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> Plus, it just has the, the 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 crypt keeper making. I'm a fan of puns, and then every time he shows up on screen, I'm just like, oh, here we go. Like, it's like ends with him pulling out a flower. He's like, oh, I hate ska oh, nations because the ska nation. Is- I thought you meant oh. like ska music. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not that'd be a good name for a band, the ska nation. Remember there was a period mm-hmm. not too long back, like M. Night Shyamalan said, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to reboot Tales from the Crypt. It's not going to have the Crypt Keeper. And I think the world, <laughs> rightfully so, went like, whoa, fuck you. That's the best part. <laughs> you can't yeah. have him in it. Yeah. yeah. I think, I'm not too sure if it's still happening, but I think even before it fell apart, if it has fallen apart, he recanted and was like, all right, we'll have him in it. So, so you've uh, teased it a bit. We get into this wonderful character. I think it's one of... A lot of folks' favorite monsters is this wonderful sugar plum fairy. And I one of the things I really like about her is she's got her little tutu on. And when she turns around, I love this. It's kind of subtle, that sort of receding of the skin around the outer layer of, of teeth. Oh, it's hideous. Yeah. I was just looking at her. She kind of looks like... I think it's Degas (laughs) painting of a dancer. Remember, I I remember when I was Batman at 89, I got I was privileged to be there when they first when Jack and the gang first the Joker and the gang first jump into the art gallery. And I remember we got to kind of explore some of that art. And now when I'm looking at this, I'm getting a bit of a Degas. So Degas art of dancers. There's a kind of a similar, similar style of dancer here, uh, costuming wise Mm -hmm. and the way the hair is pulled back and all that. And that just kind of, just kind of popped into my head. But yeah, I, I mean, she's a, she is definitely a fan favorite, I think, because this is, more a little more unique looking and it's that juxtaposition of sort of an in- innocence and purity and uh, kind of an infinite grossness of the teeth and then it's been <laughs> oh god yeah the teeth uh... oh, it's like silent hill that's some silent hill yeah. shit right there like so it made me think of like you know try to think of like what 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 is she exactly is she a demon or what exactly has occurred here because all i could think of was like is this like the sarlacc's daughter and she somehow got to earth i was like she was really dad i want to become a ballerina he's like oh for god's sake all right i'll send you off I am a fan of original Sarlacc, so I will no, stand no, by no, you. I think you'll find. Despite what I just said. If we choose to live in uh, pre-1997 times, <laughs> Sarlacc does not have a beak. I'll tell you what, though. I am terrified of, of this girl before she even turns around. Because yeah. I love this kind of like uh, slow build mm-hmm. horror based on expectation. I, I think that's probably the only way to put it. Where you know something's wrong. Mm. But it, it's not been revealed yet. Because there's, why is this person standing there with their back mm-hmm. to you? That's creepy. They wouldn't be doing that. So you yeah. know something's up. Mm-hmm. And it, um, it made me think of, well, probably my favorite mm. horror movie. Well, no, okay. My favorite is probably Ring, as in the Japanese one, you know. But the scariest one mm-hmm. I, I like is mm-hmm. the second one. It's not as good a movie, but it's scarier to me. And there's a scene in that 
where you see the mother of Sadako uh, just combing her hair in the hotel. In the, and she's just in the background for a second. And it's so scary because you know this character's dead. Like, but in the background, she's standing there, physical. And it's just so unnerving. And it just made me think of it, the way she's just standing there with her back to you, just like casual, mm. normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. It's like it's it's the exact opposite of the scare they gave us in the previous minute with the old, <laughs> oh, look at this, nice, nothing's happening here. Ah! Like that, which is a thing I I do, I hate it. I hate that because because <laughs> I've lived through the internet uh, and the, uh, I lived like I was on the internet in the you know throughout the early 2000s, <laughs> and I've seen so many. Are like, oh, there's a ghost in this video if you just watch carefully. <laughs> and the screamer videos, and I fucking hate yeah. them with a passion. And then Rick so Astley came along because they literally <laughs> like they made me nervous to watch anything. Like I was always like, well, what? Someone just puts one of those in. No, no. Like, what? Just, I, yeah. Has anyone done a Rick Astley screamer where you think you're watching it, you think you've been Rickrolled, and all of a sudden the thing jumps out at you? I was going to say no. what would be scarier, but this you are talking to a man who has Rick Astley on vinyl. You should be giving them ideas, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Do you? Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, like, they became so prevalent. There was one like on the on the news at one point like uh well not the proper news but like in the yahoo news sec- section one time like when i used to use yahoo for my email and it went on and they're like oh there's a some people say in this footage of michael jackson's body been taken out to the ambulance you can see his ghost in the background and it was a fucking screamer i was like you can't put that on the news for christ's sake nah. i have a bit of respect for the guy he's like at that point he was only like a year dead it's like he just died for christ's sake you can't do this now yeah so like i I do have that thing now. So if anyone says anything, they go, oh, there's something weird going on in this video. You have to do that pause and scroll through it just to see where the thing is. And if there's nothing there, <laughs> then I'll watch it. But so I hate that. So I do appreciate the slow burn reveal of the, the sugar plum fairy way more because it's like the actual horrific nature of what you are seeing is enough to sustain you being like, ah. Rather than them having to just do a thing which isn't actually scary, mm-hmm. it's just startling. Of like, it could have been anything they threw at you. No, they I'm just threw you. it at you loud enough, you know. So that's my two cents on that. No, I think that's great, mm-hmm. Kyle. Totally. I, I think, yeah, and I think that's also something they're trying to do. Again, we kind of talked about how maybe that werewolf is sort of a reflection of our own monster or something, Mm -hmm. but also that they're sort of easing us in with a familiar type of, of monster. Okay. We know a werewolf. Okay. This is like a wraith type of ghostly type of thing. And then this is Uh. human in shape, but, and then, and we even get that lovely little tinkly music Mm -hmm. box music happening Mm. too. Mm. Well, that got not to get too much into Something we'll have to talk a lot more about in the uh, the next minute, but like it's a, it's a nice little bit of joint. It's a bit of synergy for the two mm-hmm. monsters because the last shot of the second is of the shadowy, what we call mm-hmm. like cenobite mm-hmm. figure that's uh, you know that Dana's looking at, and you see it's holding like an orb kind of thing, which is obviously a reference to the uh, the Laman configuration in the Hellraiser movies, which is people who know Hellraiser movies. Well, no, mm-hmm. as a music box. So it could be like, is that music coming from that? 
Or is it just to indicate that mm-hmm. the ballerina is there? Absolutely. And it's like, oh, it's a, it's a nice little thing. It's like it's <laughs> combining the two. Is you're getting the best of both worlds with the with this little bit of music here as well. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you also have that throwback because the music box was playing when they were initially down in the cellar. So it's kind of creating this sensory connection for an audience to be able to make that not only in, Dana's going to obviously tell us here in the next minute, but also, you know, we're leading up to that. So it's it's kind of helping and reinforcing that insight for the audience too. Mm. But, uh, that's why, again, we'll get into this more in... The next minute when we actually, you know, we'll be predominantly talking about that character because uh, he's the, the one is the kind of main focus of the scene, really. But I do have questions as to why he has the orb thing, because <laughs> you did see it upstairs and, you know, the Hellraiser movies. Although you could just be like, well, these this is playing by its own rules. But the whole thing of the, the box in Hellraiser is that the box summons the creatures. Right. So they and then it's used usually to get rid of them at the end they have to fix the box and then they can send them back to you know what they they call hell in the movies and it's like well why does he got one because it was upstairs and now he's got one mm-hmm. does this version of them need two not orbs or what what's, what's the deal what's happening here? I'm, I'm gonna be honest i think they just thought you know what it looks cool <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter in this does it it looks yeah. cool i guess maybe they thought as well it would make it the reference clearer because it's kind of like, otherwise, you could just think it's a guy with a buzzsaw on his head who's just, sta- <laughs> just standing there with nothing. But if he has a little thing and you're like, oh, it's like the box and helmet. Oh, that's who that guy is supposed to be. Yeah. That maybe that's what maybe that was the sort of executive decision that was made at some point. But. Or maybe maybe the guy couldn't figure out what to do with his hands. I just don't know what to do with <laughs> no, my no. hands. <laughs> oh, give him the orb. Give him the orb. <laughs> give him something uh-huh. to do. <laughs> We don't know how the different when you open up the orb on one side, it sort of somehow connects to him if he's holding the orb somewhere else, you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell's walkie talkie. I would also advise too, uh, if people aren't familiar with because like again, with the music, that kind of like little twinkly thing. And then like the original Hellraiser, they have like the Christopher Young score. Which does have it's a very creepy little bit of music, but it's been released now. It's just like an album they did by themselves. But there was a soundtrack for um, Hellraiser done by the sort of industrial punk mm. metal band uh, Coil oh, back yeah. in the and at the time. Apparently, there's always the rumor that Cl- uh, Clive Barker, like the, the writer director, uh, heard it and was just like, "No, it's too it's too scary." And it's like I don't think he actually said it was too scary. But I think they just decided to go a different <laughs> way with it, and they got a more cinematic sort of grand orchestral thing in. But uh, you can get like uh, all the the soundtrack that Coil did, and they have a fantastic version of the the box theme, which is again a kind of musical, like a music box kind of thing, and it builds into the slow grinding, very creepy sort of yeah industrial music esque thing, where it's just random noises and stuff and. It's one of the ones that's like, oh, I actually would have preferred that in the movie, but that's just me. But again, it's all available through YouTube mm-hmm. for free. So if people are curious, I highly uh, recommend that you check it out. Awesome. Thanks for the recommendation. Always appreciated. Um, anything else about this minute? No, no, that's everything for me. Uh, no, I think that's me. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> I feel like because we're we're so prone to go long in our own show, it's kind of like, and everything worked out well for everybody. Much earlier than usual. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> uh, 
Cool. Well, um, yeah, just real quick then, guys, just remind people where they can find and connect with what you're up to. Yes, if you are not sick of us yet, I'm sure you will be by the end of the week. But if for some strange, twisted, sick reason you want more, we are available uh, wherever you can get your podcasts. Uh, and we are on Facebook, if you just look up Batman 89 and Twitter, Instagram, all of those. We have a Tumblr as well. Send us a message because we never use it. If you message us, we will use it because I'll get the notification. <laughs> but yes, Batman 89. Excellent. And you can find us, as always, at Cabin Minute Cast all over the freaking place. And that's it for me. Thanks to Niall and John for showing up again on this fine Wednesday, and we will see you guys back at the cabin. 